Welcome to the Church Podcast, talking all things ministry so you can do church better. I'm your co-host, Chris Wesley, joined by John Ronaldo. John, how are you doing, my friend? I'm excellent. You know, I, I just remember a couple of weeks ago, I was like tired. Uh, and, and now I'm not. Like, I just feel like I've, I've, I've made some decisions. I'm getting more sleep. I'm trying to I'm trying to do the rest of rejuvenation stuff that we talked about two weeks ago, and it's made a difference already. So I'm excited about that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, John is not only CEO of Rest; he is also a client. So there you go. Like, uh, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, yeah. So it's good. It's good that you have energy back, and you know, partly I- I'm willing to bet it's those restful ha- habits you put in place. But it's also today's topic. Uh, we are talking parish councils. And uh, if you're like me, who at first was a little reluctant to the topic, uh, don't be, because this is something that can be helpful, whether you're a pastor or a a lay minister or a, uh, you know, just a a parishioner at uh, the local local, uh, church. So um, last episode, we talked a little bit about the why. Why do we have parish councils? Not just because they're cool but uh, because they're helpful. But today we're going to get a little bit into the uh, bones of Parish Council and talk a little bit about the systems and structures. So John, let's just jump right into it. Absolutely. I am excited about this because I'm weird. Uh, I, you know, here's what I discovered early on um, in, in my first ministry job. I am totally into systems and structures, especially when it comes to leadership and management. Uh, and the role and, and, and of the pastoral council and the finance council is all about systems and structures, right? That lead to good leadership, that lead to good processes, that lead to good results. And, and, and it's something I'm passionate about to the point that that's what I got my doctorate degree in was organizational leadership development. You know, who gets their doctorate in that? Well, I do apparently, you know, and so uh, that's been real, real fun. Now I have a favor for, the, for those of you who are listening, before we kind of delve into this topic of the structure of a parish council, I have a favor. I'm willing to bet that a lot of you who are listening to this are, are maybe in the field of youth ministry, children's ministry, maybe some pastoral ministry roles, some pastoral associates. Um, if you would do me a favor and consider passing on a couple of these episodes on the parish council to say your pastor and your parish council members, I would be grateful because um, I, we know who our audience is. We tend to focus in more on the pastoral ministry side of things. Uh, so we, we tend to get a lot of youth ministry, children's ministry leaders, uh, among others, adult faith formation leaders. Um, but again, I, I would encourage you to pass this on to, you, to your pastor or your parish council member, just so they can hear some of this and get some thinking, because I really want these episodes on parish councils to really support and build up your parish. And so if you're willing to do this, uh, I would be very, very grateful for that. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So I definitely share these episodes. And if you um, miss one or the other, you can uh, either go to our iTunes page or the churchpodcast.org to definitely check it out. All right. So parish councils, uh, they just get together and talk with the pastor, like, monthly do they meet at a barbecue over a glass of wine yeah over a glass of wine that's all you need john's parish council meets over a glass of wine but actually uh, i was part of a finance council that did have wine at our meeting so how was the budget yeah the budget was in good shape that's why we were having wine (laughs) because we're like oh we're good (laughs) wine after the budget okay all right all right yeah so uh, i was thankful for those meetings because it, it made uh it made the meetings a little bit look you know 
I'm a finance guy. I enjoy numbers, but at some point to get monotonous, especially when it's in the evening, because they're always in the evening, you know, a little glass of wine goes a long way to, to, uh, to make it better. So anyways, that's a total side note. My apologies, everybody. <laughs> no let's, problem. Yeah. Let's, that's let's, not the first step. That's not the first step. Buy a bottle. And bottle wait, well, it, it might be for you maybe. So, <laughs> all right, we're not going to go there. Let, let's get back on track here, Chris. You know, the structure of the finance, uh, the parish council, I, I think is really essential. Um, you know, first of all, uh, th- let, let's talk about numbers. Okay, let's get into details here. Let's talk about numbers. I think your parish council needs to be anywhere from nine on the low end to 15 people max on the high end. And here, here's, let's talk about here why that number is good. I think not less than nine, I think you're too small and you don't have the expertise that you need around the table to help guide you as a pastor. I think you'd start doing more than 15 and I think 15 is pushing it too, but uh, more than 15, it, becomes unwieldy it becomes too many people it becomes too many voices and it doesn't allow people to share their voice in the same way uh so i think size is really important if you have a pastoral council of 30 people for instance like that's way too many but you, what you're going to have is you're not going to have time to hear everybody's voice right uh and then if you have a parish council of three you just don't have enough voices, right? And so I think you need to find that that max. And uh, and and 12 to 15, 9 to 15, I would say 9, 12, or 15 is a good number. And, and we're going to get into that in a, in a second because that's going to really play into uh, the terms and how we rotate in and out in just a moment. But I'm not going to go there yet. But if you have a multiple of three, 9, 12, or 15, it's going to make this term idea uh, in terms of, of, of how long people are on the council uh, really a lot more easier to do that. So it's 12 to 15 or 9 to 15 plus the pastor, right? So the pastor would be the additional member, you know, on that. And then when necessary, you invite uh, different individuals in. Uh, you would invite maybe a staff member in when one of the topics might be around a specific ministry, you can invite them in here and there. But for the standing committee, nine minimum 15 max and then you you add the pastor chris what you know with your parish councils that you've been involved in and watching from that what has been the size of your parish councils i'd say it was about nine or twelve it's funny that you say that though because i've always thought um that that's way too big i I, i've always so i'm interested to hear kind of the breakdown with the rotation because i feel like nine is the cap in my, in my opinion, working on, you know, um, executive boards before with non, non-for-profits, looking at leadership teams and things like that. And I know those have different functions than a parish council. So I, I'm really interested to hear that because, you know, you talk about if you want to have a constructive conversation and not everyone shares at the same level, but nine just uh, seems when you get beyond nine, um, that just starts to seem like uh, a little chaotic um, um, and I wonder like, well, and we'll talk about this too, like how long is a parish council meeting, you know? Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm interested in that. Um, so I'm going to yeah. pause. Yeah. I think, uh, again, I think I'm, I wanted to provide a range because the, it depends also on the size of your parish and what your reality is, right. That's going to determine that. I, I do think about nine, I think 12 is probably a sweet spot, right. And that's why it's kind of the middle, you know, for me, 
uh, you know, I, I get what you're saying around, around nine and more than nine, you have too many voices. Yeah, it depends on how the meetings are facilitated. Uh, but let's talk about that, right? You know, in terms of the membership, if you've got nine to 15 members plus the pastor, then, then, then how is it facilitated? I, I think you need officers, right? You know, which I think is pretty standard, but I think minimally you need uh, a chair who's not the pastor, right? The pastor, the pastor is involved in, in leading the meeting, obviously, but I think you need a chair that's not the pastor. Uh, and, and I think you need minimally a secretary uh, who's going to be the, the, the main communicator, the note taker, the minute taker that's going to be able to do that. Uh, so, but I think you need those officers and, and the role of the chair really is to develop the agenda uh, to schedule the meetings in collaboration with the pastor, right? So it's really kind of a team effort that they're going to do that together. The, the chair should not be coming up with the agenda without the input of the pastor, and the pastor should not be coming up with the agenda without the input of the lay chair. Uh, and so I think that's really essential. So I think minimally, that's what you need in terms of the officers. I don't think you need anything more than that. You don't need a treasurer because that's what you got the finance council for, right? Uh, if you want to have a, a vice chair as backup, I'm for that. I think you can do that, right? So the vice chair's main role really is to, is to fill in for the chair if the chair's not able to be there uh, and to provide another level of support and leadership as necessary. But I think minimally, you've got a chair and a secretary. You know, maximally, if that's a word, you've got a chair, a vice chair, and a secretary. Uh, and, and that would be, that would be my, my way of structure in terms of what the officers look like. Yeah, no, I, uh, I can see that. I would agree with that. And, um, and there's also times too, where, um, the pastor is going to meet separate with the executive team, um, in that regards to set the agenda, like you said, um, maybe to review things like elections or, um, uh, turnover, however, and I know we'll get into that process in a later episode, but, um, yeah, it's definitely, you know, you, you look at, and the reason I hesitate with the number is you look at Jesus, right? And the disciples, he had 12 of them. And then his executive team was uh, Peter, James, and John, you know, they went on um, a, a, a parish council retreat up uh, uh, Mount Tabor, right? So, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's all legit. Yeah, there we go. So uh, you we're just following Jesus's model, 12 disciples. And then he had his executive committee of his chair, his vice chair and his secretary. You know, we're all right there. Notice he didn't invite the treasurer there. That was Judas. And he, he was yeah, not invited yeah. to, to yeah, that. No, not invited, not invited. <laughs> that's well, that's the example of why you don't have the treasurer on parish council. No, yeah, <laughs> because they'll backstab you for 30 pieces of silver. Okay, no, let's not get into that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when you come onto a podcast called the church podcast, you know, we're yeah. going to insert these types of things into it from time to time. So, um, but yeah, the, the chair and the vice chair and the secretary, you call that an executive team or executive committee. Oftentimes you can call it that if you want, if you want to formalize it. Uh, you know, I don't think there's a need to formalize it, you know, that strongly. Uh, but, but again, you're right. There is a time and a need where the pastor and the chair and vice chair and secretary may meet separately. And that would be like the quote unquote executive committee meeting. But again, I don't, if you don't like the business, if you don't, yeah, if you don't like that, you could just say my favorites. So I'm going to make my favorites. (laughs) Yeah. I like to see that. So, let, yeah. okay. Right. So we're talking nine to 15 members. We've talked about who the offices are. Let's talk about terms here real quickly, right? How long should someone be on a parish council and how often can it be renewed? 
Look, I, I think um, I've seen parishes that have two-year terms, three-year terms, four-year terms. Five, I mean, I've seen a lot of different things. I think the sweet spot is three-year terms. One to two years, I just don't think you have enough time to get you know, your feet on the ground and really understanding what it is that you need to be doing in that role uh, as a member of the parish council. So I think three-year terms is really about right. And I would say three-year terms renewable once. What do I mean by that? When, when their term ends after three years, they can renew it again and do an, an extra three years. So the maximum amount of time that someone could be on the parish council in a row would be six years. Now, I would say that people can come back to being on the parish council once they take a year or two off, right? And, and I know like I, my parish, for instance, has a structure like it's renewable once, right? You know, for, for six years total. And then you, you can come back on uh, potentially after a year or two break. And that makes sense to me to kind of give people, get people off, give them a break. But then again, allows you to bring some different voices as your parish starts to move forward. You may discover that you may need some more voices and some more thoughts and, and some differing voices. And, and so the terms, I think, are essential. So the terms are good from, from the pastor's perspective in terms of you're going to get different voices and you're going to move people out. But also at the same time, if, if at some point there becomes a, a member that's not a good fit, and that always happens, folks. That's normal, okay? If there's a member of your parish council that ends up not being a good fit, like you've got a term limit that kind of, you know, kind of not push people out. That sounds bad, but allow people to kind of exit and exit gracefully, right? So I think you that provides you an out. You're not stuck with the same people forever and ever. On the other side, I think it's reassuring to members of the parish council that this is not a life sentence, right? That, that they'll be able, if life gets busy, they have a kid or second kid, or they got twins, or they get a new job or something like that, you know, that, that they know life changes, and they may not be in a space to continue. And that's fine, too. Now, I would prefer all people to complete their term before they go off. But obviously, they're going to be extraneous circumstances yeah. that someone's got to get off, someone has to move. We have a lot of military families here in Vegas, for instance, so maybe someone gets reassigned to another part of the country. And so they have to move like that stuff happens. You know, but I think three year terms renewable once is kind of a, a, a good, a good starting point for folks. So I have a, I want to go back to um, like, and I agree, I, I like the idea of term limits. I, I do like the idea of three. Um, it makes a lot of sense. Um, but you know, something you said about uh, if someone's not working out, right? Like, um, and I've seen plenty of parish councils where you have that one person, right? Like one or two people that kind of drag the conversation side rail and, and everything like that. Is there a point like where you can ask someone to step down? Like, I guess that depends on bylaws and, and things along those lines, but um, uh, like who's holding parish council accountable so that it's not like so that clericalism and things like that don't don't develop yeah well i think it's a good question first of all you wouldn't have bylaws for parish council because that's more legal uh you really have, have sops standard operating procedures now if you want to get i mean that's what we're talking about here these are sops you know what we talked about last episode of this episode are standard operating procedures uh you know that's discernment right and so that would take uh, if, if someone's really not working out and it's really detrimental to the group, 
then I think there needs to be a conversation between the chair and that parish council member and uh, with the pastor, or it could be the pastor in that parish council. Or I think it might be good to have the two of them together, just having that conversation and just checking what's going on, right? Don't, don't make any assumptions about, you know, why they are whatever behavior, why they have whatever behavior they have going on and really have that conversation. Only if it's really detrimental. If it's not really detrimental, look, I think you should still have a conversation, but I think you can let people finish out their term. But I think it is appropriate to have conversations when necessary, if it's really, really not a right fit and it's just not working out uh, for whatever reason. But that those conversations take courage, but they're absolutely necessary and ones that we cannot avoid. Uh, but have the conversation. Don't go in with any assumptions, you know, really listen to where they're at uh, and really kind of come to an understanding and maybe help guide them uh, to, to become a, a better parish council member to, to change their behavior. So it's going to be more productive for the needs of the parish. Awesome. Awesome. So, uh, all right. So we've talked about term limits. We've talked about the fact that um, there, you know, should be about nine, to 15 uh, people on parish council, what are some other systems that are essential to uh, basic systems or, or structures uh, for a parish council? Yeah, so let's just, let's just use 12 as a sweet number, right? The disciples, right? You've got, let's say you have 12. Well, you can't have everybody start the term at the same time and then end their term at the same time because then you have a wholesale change in your parish council. Uh, and that doesn't work. That 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 would be bad, you know, for you uh, because you need some some semblance of history, some semblance of normalcy. And so, if you have twelve, the idea is that you would make sure the terms are rotated evenly, so that you know four members of your council, uh, you know, leave on leave in twenty twenty one. I'll just use you as examples. The, another four members, their term ends in twenty twenty two. And, and another four, you know, their, their term ends in 2023, right? So that every year you have a third of your parish council potentially rotating out, or, you know, or if it's renewable, they renew, right? But that way you only have maximum, you'd only have a third of your parish council leaving at any given time, which <clears throat> then leaves you the other two thirds uh, of folks who have been around and make that happen. So I think you need to make sure you're staggering the terms so that uh, so that you're not having everybody leave at the same time. It's a it's a detailed point that I think some people <clears throat> often miss. It, maybe it's no brainer, but uh, I just want to make sure we had to say that, right? You know, so make sure that that's where the nine, twelve, or fifteen comes in handy because you can divide them by three easily with your three year terms. Uh, so that's why I think nine, twelve, or fifteen is an ideal number when you think of three year terms. You know, it, it, it's interesting because I'm thinking though. Um, I mean, you have it every year. Like, would there be an advantage to doing it every two years? Because then the core of 12 have two years to function together. Like, you know, because um, anytime you have turnover, right, there's a lot of, and, and granted, we're talking about three new people each year versus, or four pe new people each year versus, um, you know, 12. But like, anytime that there's a, a mix up in the chemistry of a group, um, uh, would that wouldn't that delay like any progress or is that just uh do, do you feel like that's just a small enough number where it it creates freshness but not 
necessarily friction. That that's it right there. It's the freshness that you need, and and, and not the friction. Remember, this is not a small group, right? You know, this is not. We're not doing deep, you know, spiritual sharing. Although spiritual sharing should be part of your agenda, right? You know, share your story and have that bonding. But but this is really a business meeting. This has a, a business pastoral ministry purpose to it. Uh, and, and I think you, that rotation, I think it's fine. Now, remember, it's renewable, right? You know, once. And so you may have three people go off or, their, or four people go off, their term ends, but maybe only two go off, the other two stay on, right? Because they're renewing their terms, mm-hmm. right? And so you may have max four minimum uh minimum zero right depending if they all renew their terms it just works out that way right you know so you you do have the opportunity of a semblance of of consistency to make that happen but i think you need that freshness i think you need that perspective and again because it's not a small group it is meant for an organizational purpose uh the disruption is actually a good thing not a bad thing in this particular service now now if it was a small group yeah, that's a whole other podcast. We've done that before. That that's a different conversation, right? Um, but for these purposes, I think it it makes sense to me. Cool, cool. So you you mentioned um, the agenda, right? Um, and uh, um, and kind of the structure of these gatherings and these meetings. So let's let's talk a little bit about that, right? Like, um, so should. Uh, Parish councils be getting together with the pastor monthly, biweekly, like uh, what's the frequency of these meetings? How long should these meetings be? Like you mentioned a couple of things that should be on the agenda. Um, let's talk about what those actual gatherings look like. Yeah, absolutely. So the frequency of meetings, um, minimum quarterly. So once every three months, probably for most po- folks, uh, monthly is going to be about right, especially if you're just starting out or just starting to formulate the team. Uh, so minimum quarterly, maximum monthly. I wouldn't do more than monthly. That's just too much. Unless you have your beginning of strategic planning process, which we're not going to get into in this particular podcast, then that's going to require a little bit different uh, different different work. It's There's going to be more meetings, you know, and that, that could be a conversation for another time. I will have to write that down as another episode. Dude, what, how do you do strategic planning in the context of a parish council? So uh, I think that's important, but minimum quarterly, maximum once a month. I think that's essential. How long are the meetings? Look, however long that you need them, minimum, probably an hour, maximum two hours, right? Again, this is a standard meeting, right? Uh, you know, the sweet spot may be about 90 minutes. It depends on what the agenda is, right? Don't, don't create an agenda and fill it with fluff just because you want to meet for two hours, right? You know, if, if you're meeting and you only got, you know, 45 minutes worth of agenda items, then meet for 45 minutes and that's that, right? You know, um, but again, I think monthly is going to be the sweet spot for most folks in it. <clears throat> I've seen a lot of parents who will take a month or two off in the summer, yeah, and they won't meet in the summer. And I think that's appropriate, you know, to do that. So if you're meeting 10 times a year, you meet monthly, except for say June or July or July and August. Uh, some parishes I know decide to skip December because of Christmas season is crazy, right? So maybe you take August off and December off. That, and I think that's fine. I, I think you go with the flow of what works for you and your community. Uh, but I think monthly is going to be about right for most folks. You're going to end up meeting anywhere from eight to 10 times a year. You probably won't meet 12 times a year. Cool. And in terms of, you know, let's talk about a connection to other leadership too, right? So uh, when it comes to the structure, 
uh, I think there needs to be uh, a member of the finance council is a, is connected to the pastoral council. So I think you need, whether it's a chair of the finance council or another designated representative of the finance council, I think you always need that representation of the finance council on the parish council. Here, here's the reality of what happens. Having served on a finance council before, um, we get so caught up in the money, which is what we're supposed to be doing, but we let the money drive the mission. That's a problem. Uh, it, the pastoral council is involved in mission. The mission should always drive the money. Now, that doesn't always happen, Chris. I don't know what it's like in your parishes, but I know so many times that the, the money drives the mission and we can't do this, we can't do that because there's no money. Now, that's good fiduciary responsibility. We need to consider that. But the money is towards the aims of evangelization. And so that's why you need to have representation from the finance council on the parish council. I just think that's absolutely necessary. Now, maybe they don't meet every time. The finance council member doesn't meet every time with the parish council. Or maybe you choose that they meet every time. I'm good either way, but there needs to be an intentional connect between that. Now, let me back up, Chris, and say that one of the problems with canon law requiring finance council and not a parish council is that a pastor puts their effort on the finance council and then they don't have a parish council. And then what happens is the finance council becomes the de facto parish council when that's actually not the purpose of the finance council. But when they're, when they're meeting, they're filling a void because they know there isn't that strategicness happening. So they're like, well, let's be strategic. So good, they're trying to fill the gap. The problem is, again, the mindset. They're coming at it from a finance point of view and not a mission point of view, necessarily. I know I'm generalizing here, but that's what I've seen. Let's be honest. That's usually what I've seen. We get caught up in the numbers. We're asking about you know, spreadsheets and investments and where the money is and uh, you know, what the revenue is looking like in terms of offertory. All important questions to be asking, but that's not mission. You know, that funds the mission. Yeah, no, and it's important. Uh, this is where the checks and balances come in and the accountability, right? Because you want, the, as you said, the finance, uh, finance council to come in and say like, hey, listen, our budget isn't allowing that, but the parish council is saying, all right, we understand, but in order for us to expand that, we need to trust, you know, be missional in, in this regards and really help, that pa uh, help the pastor think broadly about uh, the decisions he has to make and uh, where he's he's leading this church and it is really tough if you are the finance council and you become the de facto parish council because yeah you can mix up money and mission which are tied but yeah uh, one should not dominate the other and, and let's talk about one one last piece here before we close up on this episode because i know we're getting close to time is that the parish council is not about replacing individual parish organizations or missions, right? Because we, you know, we've got Alton Rosie Society, Knights of Columbus, and we have staff doing their thing. It's not about replacing any of that. This kind of goes back to last episode, you know, as well. But one of the purposes with the structure is that the parish council seeks to unite all ministries in the parish together. And that's really going to drive a lot of our agendas at parish council, right? 
because we've talked about this before, Chris, we operate in silos, right? We've got youth ministry over here, children's ministry over here, adult faith formation, Knights of Columbus. You know, we've got all, all this stuff going on, right? St. Vincent de Paul. And it's all good. It's all good. But there's no, there's nothing holding them together. They're just kind of their own little, little kingdoms kind of operating on their own. The parish council needs to structure itself in a way to unite all those ministries so that youth ministry, children's ministry, knights, saints, visit the Paul, altar, rosary, everybody, right, is all moving in the same direction. And I think that's real key. And that's what's missing. And, and it's, it's, I say it's very difficult for many pastors to be able to do that and unite the parish in that way. And the parish council assists the pastor in doing that. And that's really going to drive a lot of the agenda. And that could look in the form of, of pastoral strategic planning and coming up with goals and metrics and having those big picture conversations, but keeping in mind the vision and the mission of what we're about, which is about discipleship, right? It's about creating disciples for the kingdom of God in our local community, right? In our parish community. Uh, and so I think that's really going to, to drive a lot of the agenda. Um, but I think as part of the structure, we need to find ways to bring in folks, right? I think there, uh, I think there are time that a member of the Knights of Columbus come and be part of the parish council for a meeting and talk about what they're doing to, so that the parish council has a full understanding of the scope and mission of what the parish is doing, right? So that's where from time to time, you bring in these outside people to give them updates as necessary. But ultimately it's about uniting and, and having a global view, right? Not getting caught up. Parish council members can't get caught up in, in their favorite ministry, which is so tempting to do, right? And they try to use the parish council to support that favorite ministry. It's not just about that. It's got to be about this global view. How do we support all the ministries? And how do we help the pastor make maybe some tough decisions? We can't, we can't do that ministry anymore because it's not really focused in our priorities. So we got to get that. We got to let that go so that we can do this because that's more in line with our priorities. That's where the parish council really comes in handy. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, we need uh, we need to be working together. You know, um, parishes should not uh, just be reliant on one person um, outside of Jesus Christ, but like should not be reliant on on your pastor to make these decisions on his own to uh, figure out how to reach the lost and and, um, you know, feed the faithful and and uh, and grow and and, and grow uh, grow the parish. And, And so um, again, figuring out how these different councils work together is, is so key. John, uh, as we kind of close up here, any final thoughts or comments? Yeah, final thought. I mean, we're going to keep going on this particular topic. You know, there's, there's going to be one more aspect of the structure that we'll get into at, at our next episode. Uh, and really looking about committees and subcommittees and what that looks like, uh, because that's really essential. We don't have time in this particular episode, so that we'll plan for that for next time. And again, uh, I'm really excited. Parish Success Group is, is launching a master class this coming fall. Uh, dates uh, to be determined, but it will likely be in late October. Uh, and we're going to really delve into this, and we're really going to hold your hand to really create uh, uh, parish council, pastoral council, and even finance council structure that's really going to assist you. 
So if you're interested in this and this is, you know, this is what you need, stay tuned for that. Again, you'll be able to find all the details at parasuccessgroup.com. Uh, and if you want to reach out to me directly about it, uh, you know, let me know. I would love to walk you through some of the things that we're going to be doing. Again, we're really going to be expanding a lot on um, these podcast episodes of really, really going into the details. So if you want to touch base, you can email me at john at parasuccessgroup.com. That's John with an H, J-O-H-N. Uh, and let's definitely connect. I would love to talk with you about it. So stay tuned for that masterclass. It's going to be real exciting. John really wants you to connect with him. That's why he spelled out his name. But anyway, uh, no, yeah, if you want to connect with uh, John, uh, go to parasuccessgroup.com or reach out to the email that he shared. You can also find him on Twitter as well. And, uh, or you can reach out to him through the church podcast uh, by either shooting us an email at questions at thechurchpodcast.org or going to our website, thechurchpodcast.org. And if you want to reach out to me to talk about parish councils, I'll probably send you to John. But if you want to talk to me about other things, you can reach out to me at marathonyouthministry.com or all things Marathon Youth Ministry on social media. Um, and again, if you liked this episode, we would love for you to share it. Um, and uh, if you like it, we'd love for you to give us a five-star review um, and uh, share it with your friends, your neighbors, your family members, maybe even your pet. We, we don't care. We just want this uh, to be shared with everyone because we love the church. But anyway, uh, John, it was always a pleasure to talk with you and to just see you excited about parish councils and life um, will you take that excitement to prayer? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this ministry, the opportunity to connect with people uh, across wherever, you know, and, and, and hit, hit their ministries, hit their parish, hit their reality. Thank you for this gift that this is. Pray for every single one of those individuals who are listening to us right now. Really pray as they continue to navigate COVID, coronavirus, and, and, and just parish life and ministry. Lord, just ask you your blessings to, to lead them, guide them, watch over them, give them the guidance that they need as, as they navigate during these uncertain times. Uh, and especially a blessing for all those members who serve on parish councils, uh, that they could continue to guide and advise our pastors and our leadership in a way that's supportive uh, and that's mission-oriented as we continue to focus in on developing disciples within our parishes. So Lord, we lift up these prayers in your name, we pray, amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.